let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily and I'm here with Andrew, my co-host. Hey guys, we're super excited to have you here with us. Today's episode is going to be awesome and probably a heart wrencher. Is that a word? Sure. Heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. I feel like the podcast is all about learning new words so, yeah. or making them up or, yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to, I'm, and very inspiring. Uh, we have a, a really cool guest with us today. Right. Her name's Lisette Cano, and we met her through Instagram. Um, we had asked for some listener suggestions, and one of the topics that we got was from Lisette about healing from trauma and abuse and learning to forgive. Um, and so I came back to Lisette with basically saying, I have no experience in this, but we can try to find a guest on. And then I just felt really prompted by the spirit to ask her if she would like to be the guest and talk about her experience through this. And so Lisette, we're so happy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share uh, my story with, um, with others and um, hopefully this can help and gives people answers. You know, I'm pretty sure there's lots of people that have gone through this. And yeah. yeah. Well, Lisette, before we dive into our topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself so our, our listeners can kind of get an idea of who you are? So maybe talk about like the fun things, where you're from, things you like to do, your family, where you're living, those kind of fun things. All right. Well, I am Peruvian, um, and I have one younger sister, uh, so it's just two of us. And I moved to Texas when I was 17 years old. Um, It was just me, and I moved to live with uh, my uncle and his family. Um, at that time, and um, it was a pretty cool, very nerve-wracking experience, but um, that's how I learned to, you know, when I came, I learned to speak English and start going to college, Um, and I lived with my uncle for three years, and then I met my husband that last year that I lived there. and then we got married and we moved to Idaho. We actually went to BYU, Idaho. Oh. And we. Emily left. really likes BYU, Idaho. That's where she went before. Yeah, I, I, I love BYU. I Idaho. stole her and brought her down to Provo. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, I, I, I liked it. It was a great experience to be there. Um, and then my husband. You know, he chose the medical career, so I just have been spending most of my adulthood uh, being a mother. Um, I have three kids. My oldest is 13, and then my second is uh, 10, and my last one is seven years old. Um, 
and yeah, I've been currently homeschooling. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, my husband's working here in Hawaii now. We we are a military family. Um, he got his uh, medical schooling through the through the army, and so now we are a military family. And we have moved to Korea before the pandemic. Wow. And we lived there for two years, and it was it was amazing. It was such a great country over there, and I love the culture and the food and just the people we made really great friends over there. And your kids are getting a pretty varied experience with your Peruvian background and then being from the United States and then living in Korea, Korea now, now Hawaii. Hawaii. That's, That's so awesome. Cool. Yes. Well, well, first off, I just want to say thank you to you and your husband for serving our country, especially right now with how chaotic everything is. Uh, it is very comforting to me knowing that we have such good people in the armed forces right now. So thank you. Thank you to your husband. Thank you. Yeah, it's it has been kind of a blessing, too. Um, um, I can only imagine being outside as a civilian, um, how busier it is for healthcare providers Uh but yeah um my husband works with uh with kids so uh the good thing is that he hasn't seen so many (laughs) patients Mm -hmm. of it you know and and i I haven't been paying close attention to the covid numbers in hawaii are are the numbers bad there um no no I, i mean they've been kind of up and down, but not as bad as the mainland. Um, but the restrictions have been, at first, they were kind of really, really tight. Like, everything was closed, and we couldn't even go to the beach. <laughs> um, wow. But now they kind of have opened it, open stuff and restaurants and stuff. But, you know, with masks and mm-hmm. regular procedures and yeah but it's not so crazy like yeah like in i don't know in other states yeah right 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 um so lisette can you tell us a little bit about your background and basically why we're talking today yeah yeah so i wanted to share my story um because i feel like um it has really impacted my life but I, I have also learned a lot from it. And just like they say, you learn from your trials. And so I I am a survivor of emotional and physical, verbal and sexual abuse um, throughout my childhood. And I also witnessed my, my father um, verbally and emotionally and physically abuse my mother and sister. And as a result of those traumatic childhood experiences, I, you know, I became a a very wounded soul. Um, A lot of, you know, wounds that I have to, I had to heal. So growing up, um, I always lived in fear that any little mistake um, will result in in abuse. And I could not let myself really trust 
others and it was difficult for me to to open myself to others and did this so, if if i can ask did this start at a certain age or was it as like as long as you can remember as long as i can remember yeah it was um as long as i can remember and even now you know that i'm an adult i have i guess flashbacks um and yeah and i can and i can see that that's, that was part of what my life was as a child um but yeah i was i was living kind of in survival mode um mm-hmm. so this this multiple and repeated experiences had secondary effects you know like anxiety and depression um even to the point of contemplating suicide um so i was i just felt unworthy um mostly to myself you know and also to to those who surrounded me like just didn't feel like i was worthy to be you know either like to my husband to my husband sorry um like i was good enough for him or for my kids um because mm-hmm. i just felt like i had so much going on with me um but also to my heavenly father like i just couldn't keep up i guess with who i needed to be and how much i had to work um yeah so during your childhood were you um like raised christian or did you find jesus christ later so did you have heavenly father and jesus christ to rely on during all of the abuse i did at a very i guess a small exposure to the gospel my parents got baptized when i was really little i that i can't really remember but um they were inactive pretty much most of my childhood we did go every now and then but the difference for me was like you know we didn't really live the gospel at home mm-hmm. it was very different um right I got baptized when I was 12 years old and but I just I guess it it was a a good experience for me I but it was kind of like um a disappointing thing when you know I will go back home and things were different so right I really didn't really like develop a strong testimony of heavenly father and Jesus Christ um just because i wasn't really taught at home so mm-hmm. yeah it, it, i didn't feel like i i developed my testimony until i moved to texas and i started going to church my uncle was very active with his family so that's when i started being active and learning about the gospel and developing and knowing who heavenly father is and who Jesus Christ is and yeah uh, i think one thing that might be hard for people to understand um or that might seem counterintuitive 
uh, for people kind of on the outside who don't have any exposure to this type of behavior or this kind of type of trauma is the feeling of not being worthy, even though you are clearly a victim, right? Like this wasn't something that you invited upon yourself. It was your whole, like completely a victim in this. And yet, like you said that you struggled with feelings of, of unworthiness, um, not just with yourself, but like with heavenly father, can you maybe talk to, talk to us a little bit about that? Can you explain maybe your thought process of, of why you felt that way? Um, I just felt like I was way behind than everybody else, at least in my, you know, uh, short vision, I could see that everybody else seemed to be doing well. Um, and I just felt like I had so much to fix in me before I could be ready to be the wife or the mother that Heavenly Father wanted me to be. Um, so, like, being patient, you know, I had to, like, for me, it felt like it was double work, like somebody that maybe did not have that experiences as a child or they had examples or role models, you know, their parents were good role models then, that they had that kind of background to help them where to get examples of how does a patient mother look like or how does uh-huh. a loving father look like uh, where I just feel like lost because I did not have that those examples for me to to rely on and build from um, so I just feel like it was just so too much work too much work um, and sometimes, yeah, that's when I feel like giving up. I just can't be who you need me to be. That's how I thought about Heavenly Father. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. If, um, I did explain no, that. No, that, that's perfect. That's actually something I, I hadn't thought of before. And so if I understand right, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like it, it's not just the feeling of, you know, the actual kind of direct trauma of, of everything that happened. Uh, but it's the, um, (laughs) feeling like, all right, so I, I'm, I don't know how much of an ex or how much I'm looking at these examples or these really negative examples and learning from them. Like how much is that influencing my behavior now? Um, and how do I make sure I break that cycle? And feeling like you have to struggle so much harder to get past the, the like really really negative influences you had in your past. Yes, because there were triggers. Definitely, I learned a lot of things that trigger me, and it was how my parents were triggered, you know, and um, especially my father. And and I had to be like, no, this is not. This is how I was raised. Uh, but that's not the way, like, it just, I, I knew it didn't feel right. But at the same time, it's like I was a child, like, learning. So how do you do this then? If You know, I, I don't know any other way. Um, so I had to learn a lot and read a lot and um, 
yes, I had to really work hard to learn every single thing. And, you know, being parents, it's a big job. It comes with many different uh, aspects of how you need to develop to become like Christ or a good parent. And so, yeah. Yeah, that goes like right along with the first point that you sent us in um, in all of your thoughts that you sent us was mm-hmm. that healing from that abuse is a lifelong journey. So it's not like it's like a one and done, oh, check the box, I'm healed, but like it's ongoing. Can you talk more about that? Yes. Um, I guess one thing first that I want to to share is that especially for family or friends um, that to know about someone that has gone through this is that I just would like them to know that basically this, you know, that you don't heal in a single moment and you're done and that it takes it takes a lifetime. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way um, and accept it that it is a process um, and you know my wounds have can heal but that's gonna take time um, I have basically Christ being the the most crucial part in, in my healing process he's been the one teaching me little by little um, and I take that scripture uh, line upon line and precept upon precept very close to my heart because that has been basically um, my healing. And he has taught me to be patient. I had to be patient, even though I wish that uh, I could have been healed once and for all and not having to deal with it anymore in my life. but. You know, he's taught me to to trust in his timing. And I know that there's reasons why he it's not healing me once and for all, but he's taking a step by step. And and I've learned now that because of that, every every step I take, I am learning something new. I am learning something more. And so I'm just letting him take me by his hand and really teach me and heal me and and you know i had to also see that in the first part of the process where i couldn't see any i couldn't see his hand at first i could see you know when everything happened or when my parents got divorced after you know, he abused me sexually. And so um, after that, like, that was just like the tipping point of everything for me. And I just felt, I couldn't see God's hand in there. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't feel his love at all. And so it took me time to learn that even in those um, times were, were the hardest, he was still there like 
the courage that I have to have to speak up and put an end to my abuse, I couldn't have done it by myself. Now I learned that he gave me that courage. Um, and also, he also removed me from there. He brought my uncle to be someone to to help me to get away from all of that environment that was not good for me. And I know that that, that was God's hand trying to take me away from there and put me in a better environment where I could learn about the gospel, learn about his gospel. And so I, I can see his hand now that he was there. I, I love that. And it's such a beautiful, hard-fought testimony that you have. Um, and I, I know that I can hear it in your voice as you're talking about it, That, and I, we can tell, and I'm sure our listeners can tell, that that is a testimony that you have that's that's been hard-fought and has been earned very much. Uh, and I, I also love that you said that you didn't see his hand in the moment, but now looking back, you can see him involved. And so you didn't feel him there originally, even though he, now you can look back and see that he was moving in your life in certain ways to get you to a better place and it gets you to a place where you could start the healing process. Um, and I wonder if you could talk, I might be jumping the gun a little bit here, but talk a little bit to our, some of our listeners uh, we know we have some listeners who are trying to find Christ who are trying to either rekindle their faith and relationship with Christ, or they're trying to find him for the first time. Uh, so maybe if somebody is in that place, right, where they haven't, they don't see God in their lives and they maybe don't have an ongoing relationship with him, um, what would you say to that person? Like, how did you find Christ and get him involved in your healing process? Or how did you become aware of his involvement in your healing process? Um, I guess if, if they don't have a, a relationship with God, I mean, I didn't have that when, when I was going through that abusive uh, phase in my life. Um, so it was it was hard to to feel hope, um, and I understand that. But I think that just knowing that there's a God who believe in that that there's a God that created you and that loves you no matter what happens in your earthly life. Um, I had to really have a very tiny little bit of faith that he is real and that he cares for me. Um, and until now, I don't know exactly why, all the reasons why it, that happened to me. I, I know for sure that we all go through difficult trials, um, different, but we all go through hard trials. And at first, it's just going to take baby steps. At first, you just have to believe in that God is real. 
and believe that Jesus Christ is real and who he is, get to know who he is, um, learn about him, what, why is he so important in your life? Um, and it's okay to ask God, why did you let this happen? Or why, what am I supposed to learn from this? What is my lesson from this? And I think that one of the things that I had to learn is that because the pain is it's so deep and so heartful and um, I had to ask God, what's the lesson from this very painful trial? Uh, what am I supposed to learn from this? Uh, one of the things is just that uh, hard trials make you stronger and more compassionate towards other people. I couldn't have been that compassionate um, or forgiving or just trying to love everyone and see truth to what they're going or trying to feel their pain because I, I kind of being really low right there and and I know how it feels to feel hopeless. I know how it feels to feel like there's not way out. But I just had to, and, and I guess I've been blessed with that. I just had to believe that God is watching over for me and things are going to look out brighter later in time. Um, and really, like now, it's just knowing that He is taking care of me and He will bless me. This is my trial. This is my test. I came to earth to go through this, and I accepted to go through this. Man, I, I just want to highlight one thing for our listeners at home. Um, if you find yourself in a place where you're struggling with anything, it doesn't even have to be as, you know, as harmful or traumatic as what Lisette had to go through. But whatever it is, if you hear the surety of her testimony and you hear the surety of her knowledge that the heavenly father loves her and you want to feel that in your own life that but you don't have the faith right now or you don't have the you don't have that hope yet just that desire to want to have what we've heard in Lisette's testimony and experience so far that is enough to start your journey i mean the scripture is filled the scriptures are filled with examples of the lord saying i just want you to want to have a relationship with me i just want you to want to talk to me and i will show you and so if you find yourself in this in this kind of situation where you're struggling with anything and you hear this testimony that has been has been born here and you want to have that testimony you want to have that relationship just start just like she said just start acting have act on your desire and the Lord will open the way for you. I promise you, I've seen it in so many people's lives. And we're hearing uh, probably one of the best examples of that I've ever heard in my life. So just act on that desire. Yeah. Um, you said one thing that was standing out to me a little bit ago when you were talking was that you were in a situation where you couldn't make mistakes. 
um, because that would result in abuse. So how have you kind of been healed or how are you healing from that and changing your life to be in more of a place where it's okay to make mistakes, to, to feel like it's okay to make mistakes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something I also had to, to learn since, you know, I've been conditioned in my childhood to, to not make mistakes or I will be in big trouble. Um, so that made me very anxious, uh, very indecisive and I still feel like I still have I'm working on on making my own decisions um, and not being afraid to make mistakes um, I had to learn who Heavenly Father is uh, how does he think about that you know because I have a, a different earthly father and I was taught differently and sometimes I thought that's how Heavenly Father was you know like you do something wrong and you um, are gonna be in big trouble and so for so long you know I just was very very afraid of making choices which is something that I learned later that you know agency is given to us that we are free to choose Um, and so that was a very uh, learning a very great learning experience for me. Um, this he he reminds me that you know that I'm love. Heavenly Father has taught me to to trust in Him and to to know that actually making mistakes it's part of the plan. It's part of growing as a person of progressing um, and that if I didn't make a mistake I, w- I couldn't really know which way to go I think sometimes Heavenly Father gives us the right answers and sometimes he wants us to just try and and and, and trusting him that no matter what even if we make the wrong choice we will learn from those and we will be able to to we will be given that light to to discern okay well this was not the right choice mm-hmm. and i can make the right one now mm-hmm. and it's amazing too that our heavenly father's love is so unconditional you know no matter what mistakes we make or how often we make them he's going to love us so much just as much as if we never made any mistakes Yes, yes, I I was actually when the first time I learned or I felt like how God's character was just being merciful and loving and I just picture him as a very calm and don't worry about it kind of person and I got you, you just, you learn the lesson from your mistakes now come back this direction and Mm -hmm. from that feeling that love and that calmness and peace in my heart just to not be afraid of making mistakes has actually made me feel better about making good choices 
Um, so that's something that I learned as a parent too, that you don't want, you, you know, I don't want my children to be scared of making mistakes, that it's okay to make mistakes, that this is a safe place where they can make mistakes and my love for them will always be there. And um, I think that's one of the greatest lessons that I, to not make choices by fear, but because you know that you're loved no matter what. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So I'm as I'm thinking about everything you've said, I'm really excited to hear your answer to this because I think for me it is probably the most mind-boggling part of your of your experience. Um, and I want to start by reading a reading two verses from scripture. So this is from Third Nephi chapter twelve. Uh, so this is the Savior when he appears to his children in the Americas, and he is uh, basically re-giving the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Uh, and there are two verses in here that apply super, super well <laughs> to this topic. And it says, And behold, it is written, un- is written also that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But behold, I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. So, Lisette, I think there are very few people in the world who are able to talk about these verses and the real struggle of obeying this commandment as well as someone in your position. So, how do you forgive your enemies, especially this kind of situation where it was supposed to be someone who was been entrusted by God to take care of you, who then abused you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the topic of forgiveness has been a really difficult thing to learn. And I can imagine. I am very glad to kind of be kind of in the middle of the process now. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that I know for sure is that forgiveness means to let go of hate and anger toward anyone that offended you. And so I had to make sure to to not have those feelings and and obviously I was not perfect at it. There was times where I did feel anger, especially, um, and frustration um, because of the side effects that I had to deal with. Um, and, you know, just thinking if I didn't have to, if he, he didn't do that, and I would have to go through this. And, you know, it was a, a thought cycle there. But I knew that in the end, I had to let go of that because that was not going to help me heal. Um, God told me that having those feelings are totally um, okay to have, Mm -hmm. but that I needed to move on from them, that I needed to let them go. Um, So another thing that uh, I struggle with, especially you know, being a Christian and learning about forgiving and the scripture that you just shared, um, it, 
it was really hard for me to, and that's probably one of the things that make me feel like I was not worthy with Heavenly Father because I felt like I couldn't obey that commandment, that I couldn't, I, I guess in my mind, what I thought and what I heard at church meetings and, you know, Relief Society lessons, like, of what they picture how forgiveness forgiveness looks like you know like the person you know says i forgive you and you know the other person repents and they hug each other and it's a beautiful a beautiful thing to see but when i saw that i was like well that doesn't work for me i can't do that mm-hmm. as much as i i would like to but that's forcing myself my heart and my mind and my whole soul to to be able to do that and and I just remember having such long conversations with Heavenly Father telling him how can I do that how can you ask me to do that and I thinking that that's the way that it had to be and not until a couple years ago I just I was still you know my father was still trying to manipulate me throughout all these years uh, with my emotions and trying to have a a daughter-father close relationship. And he, yeah, and I could go on about the things that he brought up to try to manipulate me, but it just, I felt like I couldn't heal completely until I let go of having a relationship with him at all mm-hmm. so I had to cut ties with him and that was hard because in me I thought well maybe we can have some sort of just I kind of know this guy kind of relationship but nothing really close but he wanted more and I feel like if I had to be honest with myself and with him I had to say, I cannot give you what you want. And to myself, you know, I cannot be doing this to myself um, longer than I have had already. Right. I love that. I I, I just love this idea. I'm sorry, Annie. Um, This this idea that I hadn't thought of before that, like, what our forgiveness looks like in our own lives is going to might not be what we expect it to be right so even in that what you did was the example of how we need to be always right when we need to repent and we are struggling with or we need to change and we're struggling with it we just go to the savior we say savior like this is what i i have i want to be better but this is where i'm at like and i'm trying now i need your grace and i need you to help change me however you need me to change and then the Savior kind of shows us what, like, in your situation, he showed you, like, what forgiveness had to look like for you. Like, it might not, it didn't look like the cookie-cutter forgiveness that you were expecting, but it was the forgiveness that you needed. Yes. Yes. And part of my struggle, too, was um, that others had the same kind of expectation from me, you know, like his his family and um, people that knew me, like they 
just thought that, or they still think <laughs> that forgiveness meant I need to accept him as my father and uh, and move on. And that was very, very painful, very hurtful, and it, it was very confusing. Um, so I had to to really be like, no, this is how forgiveness is going to look like for me. I I am going to let him go, like literally mm-hmm. ties with him. And that was not an easy thing to do either. Like it, it's a lot of confusion and, and but I you know I, I had to just be okay with Heavenly Father and he gave me such a great peace come in my heart after I decided to do that. And I just felt like a burden lifted up. Um, yeah. I felt like he was really telling me, teaching me that he was his savior, that I did not have to worry about him. And that that's why he is the savior of all, that I just had to put it in put his life in his hands and not worry about him and just to worry about my relationship with Heavenly Father. And and that just put, like, lifted a burden from me. I felt okay. And that's another witness that I had about the atonement and about the Savior that, you know, when I see uh, lots of people that you know, do really bad things and make me angry, you know, that Jesus Christ will take care of them. You know, like, I don't have to worry about what will happen with them or what's going to happen in the future for them or that 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 stays with Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so amazing that we have the atonement of Jesus Christ to help us through healing and um And sometimes we, I mean, speaking from like outside of the situation as someone that hasn't gone through the things that you've gone through, it's easy to think about the atonement of Jesus Christ as being strictly for him forgiving our sins. But it's really so much about healing us. And I just, I just really love that. I love your testimony about that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. And I like what you were talking about, how it can be difficult looking at people in the world who are continuously committing these heinous crimes, right? These crimes against against children, these crimes against saving, these crimes against God, mm-hmm. uh, and thinking like like trying to be doing what the Savior commanded us to do and be loving everybody and be trying to pray for everybody. And I, I think sometimes critics of not just the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, but critics of of Christ look at what Christ said and, and think that everybody who follows Christ are just a bunch of pushovers, right? Um, but I, I think you're exactly right when you said that like they're going to have to deal with Christ later, right? Like when the some of the harshest words that the Savior has refer to those people who abuse children 
like you said, like it's better, it would be better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the ocean, which if you think about it is like one of the worst ways to die. Cause you would, you wouldn't die from like not being able to breathe. You die from like the weight the of the water crushing you. But anyway, um, <laughs> and kind of on, on the same note from some modern revelation, we have some further clarification about this. Uh, so from the family proclamation, um, it says, we warn that individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities will one day stand accountable before God. And so another interesting part of forgiveness that you brought up was not necessarily hoping that they don't have to pay for their sins. Mm-hmm. What it is, is just saying, like, I trust that God is going to deal with that. Right. That, yeah, that that's not something that you have to worry about, but that's in God's hands. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so it's not like an excusing. Like we're not making excuses for them when we say we should forgive them. Like we, when when we say that we should forgive everybody, we don't mean that no one did anything wrong, or that they're not going to be punished for what they did, um, or that they're not going to be held accountable, or whatever it is. We're just saying that, kind of like you, what you were talking about at the beginning, that a big part of forgiveness is letting go of that, that hatred, right. And letting go of that needs to, to be the Avenger and let the savior handle that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think one phrase that comes to mind that we kind of toss around in Sunday school and, and teaching our kids and stuff is the phrase forgive and forget. But I think that like in these intense circumstances, like you can't just forget like, like we talked in the beginning, this healing is a lifelong journey. Um, and so forgiveness doesn't just look like, it doesn't look like for forgetting everything happened. Like, I love that you set boundaries, you know, you didn't just forgive in the sense that like, oh, it's okay. Everything is made right. We'll have a normal relationship again. You can try again. There's no boundaries. Like you set clear boundaries and I really respect that. I think that's, that's needed. Yes, and that's also that I had to learn to show myself love, too, as well. Um, one thing that I, I think I, I heard, and it's talk about a lot now more than before at church, is to love yourself also. That, to me, that when God said, you know, love everyone, that includes me. Mm-hmm. And so for me that that meant that i had to do everything i can do to help my, myself heal and with that i had to really let go and cut ties with with my father and and that has been hard but at the same time it i just feel a lot lighter my burden feels a lot lighter yeah and I know that that's because the Heavenly Father wanted that for me. And right. and it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be different for everyone. Like, I, I know and heard of other people going through this and that they have done differently. And, you know, that's, that's up to them and that's up to them with God, like, for me, this is how I am going to heal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, so many, you've said so many amazing things and I'll be thinking about this episode for a long time, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I was, I just love your testimony. I've been so, so strengthened by our conversation today. Is there any last thing you would like to tell our listeners? Maybe a last testimony, a last thing of, like, thing of encouragement? Is there anything you'd like to share with them? Um, I think that the, the key to, to every journey of healing is just to cling hard to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. I don't know how my life will happen if I didn't have have that relationship with them. And you know, like we talked before, just just start with the desire to believe that there's a God and that you are a child of God. That things that trials that we go through don't really define who we are. Yes, they give us experience and lessons, but they don't, that's not all we are. You know, for a long time I was very broken thinking that this is, this is me and I'm broken and I'm in pieces and I have to pick up myself and it's so hard and I don't want to do it. And But I had to learn that, that this is not all me. I am more than just this. I am more than um, what I went through that, and that I have talents and that each one of us has talents. Each one of us has uh, gifts that were given to us. And, and I believe now, you know, as I'm older and, and learning more about my trial is that it is kind of a blessing. I it it's been a blessing for me because I I've developed a testimony of my savior, a testimony of life, a testimony of what my mission is here. And and I know this is not all me. I, I do have I feel now that that I'm openly sharing this that I am more than willing to to help others that are going through this, but also there's more than just that in me. And and yeah, I know that with Jesus Christ we can overcome all things. That He will give us strength, and that He will walk with us step by step, baby steps. Yeah, and that everything is going to be okay. We will be blessed. We just need to try. We don't need to be perfect. Um, we don't need to be always um, making the right choices. We will make wrong choices, and that's okay. Uh, we have a safety net, and I think that's one of my favorite words um, lately, that Jesus Christ is my safety net. I am safe with him. And, and this life is just a school where I came to learn and, and, you know, and I will make mistakes, but God already got the, the letter A grade, you know, so I don't have to worry. I just have to stay close to him and follow him. And I guess to anyone that is listening, just know that you are loved. Know that God loves you so much 
that you, even though we think, how can he love me when there's like millions and millions of people in the world? But it is amazing how he knows you and he loves you and he will help you through anything that you go through. So that's my testimony. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. We're over here crying our eyes out. We just Amen. feel the spirit so strong and we love you, Lisette. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being thank awesome. You. I, I think I, I think we might have just fulfilled the purpose of our podcast, just getting this episode recorded and out there. I think you, you're such an amazing, amazing light, amazing testimony. And I'm, I am humbled that we have been able to kind of talk to you a little bit and be us even if a small platform to kind of share the amazing, amazing hard fought testimony that you have, you know, usually we have a, a takeaway section, but I think I don't want to cheapen anything no. you've said. So, um, in closing, uh, we are asking all of our guests this, and I think it goes along with everything you've talked about, but what are you doing to make your home an outpost of heaven for your family and for yourself? Well, currently, with the types that we're living now, I am choosing what to put in my thoughts and my heart. And I had to be very deliberate and bring in peace in my heart. So I choose to not let things from the world get in, in, my, in my thoughts so I don't expose myself with them very much. Um, so I'm just choosing peace this year. I think if I can have peace and calm in my heart for most of the time, then everything is going to be okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you again so much, Lisette. Well, to all of our listeners, a um, couple things. If you are experiencing any kind of abuse, like your Heavenly Father loves you, you are not less than, and reach out for help, please. If you are struggling with forgiveness and with trying to heal after abuse and you need somebody to counsel with, please reach out to us and we can get you in contact with people in your area with whom you can meet that would be more than willing to help you through this process and help you come closer to your Savior uh, and incorporate the Savior into your healing process because he's already engaged in your healing process. You know, I think Lisette's example and her story was showed that amazingly well, that the Savior is engaged in your healing process even before you're aware of it. So if you're ready to make the next step and kind of engage him from your point, from your perspective, let us, please reach out to us if you need help with that. We would love to help you find somebody who can um, who can do that for you or can help you along that path. Yeah. And if this episode or any of our other episodes have spoken to you, please um, do us a favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot where you're listening and share it on your Instagram stories. Make sure to tag us at Outpost of yeah. Them. Everyone, I... I I feel this really strongly as we're recording this episode. Mm -hmm. This is probably one of the best conversations we've had. Yep. And so if you're, if no one else is going to listen to any of our other episodes, just listen to this one because I've, I don't think I've heard another testimony about the atonement of our savior, Jesus Christ. That has 
touched me more profoundly. Oh, man. Thank you again so much, Lizette. No, thank you for giving me the opportunity, the way to share. All right, guys. Keep the faith. Bye. Bye.